Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and someone who knows that food um, is connected to freedom and we can uh, create a much better world by creating businesses that can help feed each other, and these businesses operate from a, a fundamental um, logic and that's connected to the heart and, and all being. And so um, today, I am very pleased to have in studio Pee Wee Dread um, Rasta Tees. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. So give us a little bit of your background. You you won um, Reggae Artist of the Year several times in Minnesota. Yeah, I've been pretty uh, prolific in Minnesota. Uh you know, I don't think it's an easy playing field. You got Prince and other uh, <laughs> great artists. But um, we've been able to really establish ourselves on the reggae scene uh, from 1999. Uh, we actually, in 1998, uh, opened up for uh, DMX at the First Avenue, thanks to Natalie Morrow. Give her a big shout out. She's a great artist promoting Twin Cities Film Festival, Black Film Festivals, what have you. She's just been doing a bang up job and want to give her respect for that. She's uh, And she gave us our first big, big break. And from then on, we went from there to the City Pages Best of for reggae music. Uh, we were all over John Lennon's Songwriting Contest 2001, two Minnesota Music Awards for reggae ones on top of my refrigerator. Uh, you know, then in 2016, we were Grammy nominated for Listen to the Evolution, an answer to Listen to the Revolution, our first CD. And so we've been uh, continuing to write. We have an EP in process right now with Dread I Dread. Um, uh, I won't play most of those songs today, but because I'll get in trouble, they'll be beating me up, mm-hmm. <laughs> giving, out the, giving out the goods. But they're great songs. Uh, and they really kind of draw us back to our reggae roots. Um, uh, Raleigh's from Jamaica. And so his uh, his tie some of the songs we did a song on the last album that he wrote most of it in 1978 so mm. you know i was four years old so and uh with that being said we took that song and it's a great song earl chenna smith plays on it from bob marley fame and so it's a just a, a great opportunity for us to put out our music and just get it to a platform uh one of the things that we did in the beginning of the band is we always had food at our CD release parties or our listening parties. We would do free listening parties and we would have just kegs of beer and curry and jerk chicken and gumbo because I'm from New Orleans and you got to have gumbo at a party. (laughs) Otherwise, I ain't coming. Uh, And it has to be good gumbo. Uh, None of that cheap stuff. Like I say, cheap food ain't cheap. So uh, in that aspect, you know, we've always done, we did some cooking shows back in the early part of the band and um, it just inspired me uh, to do what I do Katrina hit 2005, uh, kind of threw us for a loop, but took my father, unfortunately. So I did a song, New Orleans Don't Cry, which you'll hear later, and it made me turn heavier back into my nonprofit side. I've always done nonprofit and nonprofit type work. I worked in AmeriCorps back in 1994, you know, when I was at McAllister. So, so your dad died in Katrina? He, he drowned in a storm, yes. And, um, you know, it was a hard time for it because, you know, it was right around my birthday, three days, you know, I was in, I had a ticket to go to New Orleans during, because I had gone to Vegas for my birthday, and I'm watching the storm, I'm talking to my dad, and he's like, I'm just going to stay in New Orleans, and I'm like, no. But, you know, things happen for a reason, and you can, you know, have PTSD or PTSG, and I choose the, the latter. I'd rather have the growth versus the dysfunction or the distress from reliving something that I can't change, you know, grow from it, utilize that same angst and convert it because the comedic principle is converting 
negative negative perceived things into positive. You used a word there, the kinetative. I didn't. Uh, comedic. Comedic. So, right. can, what is that word? Well, that's just um, it's in relation to the land of Kemet, which we call Ethiopia, Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that area. You know, kind of loosely, because uh, I'm not going to say I'm a archaeologist or you know uh-huh. or a cartographer, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I do use it in a song. But <laughs> uh, with that being said. Uh, you know, the comedic influence on history and on African religion and on world religion is hidden, if you will. It's a cult. Yeah. It's, and the, another, another. sometimes you hear people say the word or the phrase play space and understanding um, life from a play space mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is um, so it's not all just about humans, but right. it's also about the trees and the soil and all living beings. Mm-hmm. And beings uh, exp- exist in space or place yes. and in time. Well, everything has awareness. So you can't be careless. You know, whether because if you do something to the trees or you do something to the ground, it's going to come back around. That's what they call karma. In the comedic experience, it was called ma'at. Hmm. Right. And so when you look at that M-A-A-T or M-A apostrophe A-T, you just take out the vowels and you get M-T. Well, that's a cognate of many words. It creates a lot of words. Mata, mother, alma mater. I mean, you take your pick. So now you start to understand this is the principle of the mothering, the birth. Anything that's born has to have a mother or it doesn't matter. (laughs) We're going deep fast. I mean, no, we're we're going to have the joy of listening to your music. Um, we're yes, going to do that yes. the rest of the show. So lighten up, right? So, 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 so but uh, Minnesota Reggae um, Artist of the mm-hmm. Year and um, also some um, some other accolades you've yes. had along the way. Well, we do, uh, we've do. we done, uh, you know, and one of the main things that uh, I wrote a book back in 2017, uh, Ghettos to Meadows, Rise of a Permanent Underclass, which basically is all a description of all the stuff that's going on you know, how we really identify and then, you know, rectify situations in the community from an inside, outside, business to community, community to, uh, you know, person, individual, and build that, you know, that platform, that plan, and then just achieve it. You know, work your plan once you've planned your work and make that the initiative because subconsciously we know what we need, we know what we want. How to bring that into fruition, how to keep that when things don't look like it's going right or things like, you know, you think you're taking three steps back, but you have to ignore that and keep going and continue to go. Because a person like myself who has all types of ailments, no one would ever know. They think I use a cane to be cool. <laughs> you know, and I, I take it as such. I don't, I don't disturb them from their thought because thoughts have power. So I can harvest the power from that thought of, hey, you know what, maybe I do look cool, and maybe I can take that and make having a disability less cumbersome for somebody else and inspire them to see that, you know what, even though you may be disabled in a certain way, you can't do everything, but you can do, be the best at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we talk a lot, you mentioned all those subconscious things, and there's so many, and, and, and uh, so Bob Marley had uh, the sentence, poverty is the destruction, uh, 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 vanity is the destruction of the soul, mm-hmm. but then um, then his, uh, his comment on poverty, um, I, I don't remember what that sentence is right now. But uh, but mm-hmm. you were talking about the same type of principles mm-hmm. or the same mm-hmm. – you're, you're seeing the same reality that our economic structures are really unkind to well, say the least. Well, they're not built for kindness. I mean, if you 
impress upon your mind that money is all important. There's nothing wrong with that in a sense. Does it make you an imbalanced person? Oh, absolutely. But is there anything inherently evil about just wanting money? But it's how we get to that aim which find, where we find the devil in the details. Mm-hmm. Again, another subconscious thing. Once you set a pattern, now the things that go along with that pattern now become part of you. This because of your metaphysical pathos. Again, another subconscious creation. So as we start to understand, even in the world of poverty, it's another subconscious creation. We've had a war on drugs. Didn't work. You had a war on terrorism. Didn't work. I mean, for me, if you really want to talk about terrorism... Racial terrorism is one of the worst forms of terrorism on the planet, especially that kind that we have in America, because it's very divisive. It's very, um, it's very inconspicuous, if you will. It goes under a plausible deniability cloak in all terms. You know, I'm not saying it because you're black. I'm only saying it because you came in too fast. You know, I went to a car dealership once, and <laughs> I had to go to the restroom, and I had called before I came. And I let them know that I was going to be there a little bit before they closed. I let them know I was coming. And I had to use the restroom. Oh, my goodness. Why did I have to use the restroom? So I get in. I'm headed beeline. I see the door. Doors open. It's a restroom. I'm headed toward it. The guy's like, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I'm like, I'm coming to, you know, test drive a car. At least I was. No, I'm just coming to use the restroom and going home. And, you know, I was very disturbed by that fact. That, you know, he didn't stop me because I had to use the restroom. He didn't stop. He stopped me because he got a black guy with dreads who looks different. And he's coming through the door. And he's coming on. He's coming in hot. (laughs) So, but I have to use the bathroom. So I can't have to use the bathroom very badly and have to rush to the bathroom. Normal people do that. And this is what the, the thing that people can't see. But. I wear a body camera, so you can't see it with me. So, you know, I just tell people, beware, I will have my body camera on, and I will let you know it's on. I don't, because it's not for Mm -hmm. me to get a I got you moment or aha moment. It's to protect me. I have a cognitive uh, issue with my brain from all the brain stuff that I have, and I don't sequence things very well. So I like to sequence them in my brain and just have something I can review if necessary so I can say I wasn't, you know, in the wrong, and if I am in the wrong, I need to correct that. But at the same time, I want to, let people know, hey, you know what, I still remember. I may not be able to remember exactly what you said, but the camera does. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame, or so I used to feel bad about needing to depend on that, but when I go to the doctor, it's very important to keep a, a conscious record of what's going on at the doctor. And I let the doctor know, hey, yeah, I have a camera on it. Like, hey, there's a blinking light on your chest. I'm like, yeah, it's the blinking light that keeps both of us in understanding and knowing what we're talking about, and we're not just going to go off kilter. And then I didn't say that because that's what I want to prevent. I mean, if there's something that needs to be said, let's let it be said and just keep the just conversation say it. honest. Just say it. We're going we're gonna to take a break and we're going to come back. We're going to listen to your music and then talk about all your food products. Yes, let's get into that's, food. That's, we're going we're gonna to get into food. So um, you're listening to uh, Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. <laughs>
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nurse the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, and with me in studio today is Pee Wee Dread. Yeah. Um, yay! So this is one of your music. So tell us about the song we're listening to right now. Well, this song is a response to uh, a, a story I saw where they were speaking about people sleeping on the sidewalk and how they were making that illegal. And I'm like, well, why would you make that illegal instead of helping the people get Because it costs less to put people in a house than it does to put them in jail. Okay, let's listen a little bit to the music. Let's raise it. The poor are played for fools Being told Pull up yourselves Buy your shoes Dreams are dashed With low wages and heavy tools Going home, not enough cash Not enough food There's a war on the poor Sleeping on the sidewalk, not to lie There's a war on the poor when there's no love to be found Every day seems to be the same Can you spare a dollar? Do you have some change? Have some change There's a war on the poor Sleeping on the sidewalk not to lie There's a war on the poor Where there's no love to be found Dreams are dashed With low wages and heavy tools Going home, not enough cash, not enough food. There's a war on the poor, sleeping on the sidewalk, not to lie. There's a war on the poor, when there's no love to be found. There's a war on the poor When there's no love to be found Oh, there's a war on the poor There's a war on the poor mm-hmm. There's a war on the poor Sleeping on the sidewalk, not to lie a War on the Poor, and this, you're listening to the music of Pee Wee Dread, which is in, who's in studio with me. Yeah, man. Um, how do we do a peace treaty on this War on the Poor? I mean— <laughs> Well, you know, one of the things that I, I thought of and I've been thinking of, you know, again, is going back to bringing crypto to table, but also crypto to street, because there's a way to basically invest the same energy, time, and money that we are doing to invest to penalize somebody for being homeless for whatever reason. You know, and a lot of times it's for, you know, a myriad of reasons. Could be mental health. It could be, you know, just bad economy, lockdowns, you know, unable to deal with the stress. I mean, a lot of things go 
overlooked because somebody can deal with it. So they're like, well, you should be able to deal with it. I can deal with it. I deal with it. You deal with it. I mean, that's that's okay. Well, and I'm gonna, I, I was reading something online, and this I was comparing about his parents because they're like, how come things aren't working for you? They really should be working for you. And uh, and and so he was just comparing about his baby boomer parents, just mm-hmm. expecting things to work out. And right. what I think a lot of people um, um, of my generation sort of miss is um, when when my parents bought their house in Northeast Minneapolis, it was seventeen thousand oh, dollars. Right. And my dad had six kids, and we had full health insurance, right. full dental insurance, right. Um, right. And a, a pension and a four bedroom house, and we had two vacations every. Every right, year right. on one full-time income, and then my mom did a little cleaning on the side, right? Sure. I don't know why that economic system switched, and I also want to be sensitive that not everyone experienced that same way. Right, right. You know that. Right. So I, I, you know, so that wasn't living for everyone, but mm-hmm. but for someone right now, if you're, you know. You, between student loans and rent at fifteen hundred and mm-hmm. the income, I mm-hmm. mean, there's just a lot of desperation and. Um, I don't even know how to say it. I mean, there's how, how, well, economic structures. The teachers structures. are on strike right now because yeah. they're fighting for the people that support them in the school system that need to be able to support themselves. I mean, a living wage, I mean, either we need to expand how we access food or how people can access food when they need a food subsidy without feeling the shame and stigma. I used to work for the county. I, worked, I was in eligibility supports. And so I know I've seen it. I've heard every story you can imagine. Every mm-hmm. story you can. I've seen all types of stuff. And this was in a short five-year window. I mean, there was from the tornado in North Minneapolis, which, oh, my God, I happened to be in North Minneapolis at the bank watching it go by it was ugly but the bank windows are very strong oh my goodness they're super strong because mm-hmm. stuff was flying at it and I was like oh my goodness and I went back to the car I came in and it looked like it ooh, it just was torn up but you know uh, all those people lost food because you know they lost electricity and they had to come in and get re you know get re get their services back and so we have all these people in, and then somebody decided that, you know, I don't know if this is your daughter, why are you here with her? And they used tear gas. Tear gas. These are human beings. Why are you tear gassing them at the county? Tear gas. I'm like, come on, man. Tear gas? Mm. And you wonder why people don't feel that you give a darn about them because you're willing to use tear gas because you don't know the paternity of this child. That's not a case for tear gas. Now, I did see a case outside my window as a county worker, you know, where a young lady pulled a knife on her boyfriend, who may not have been her boyfriend much longer after that. But, you know, yeah, and the guy pulled out his gun, you know, and he's like, hey, please drop the stuff. But, again, these are things where people are under stress. And when you're under stress, you do things, you react, and it's a fear response. And when we have, we condition fear response over and over again, it shapes the brain. It becomes part of the condition. Well, and that that deep fear, um, uh, and and then the connection between um, not feeling love, mm-hmm. feeling fear, and having economic structures of impoverishment. Right. Those concepts that th- those those are linked. But look on the other side for people with too much who can't feel, they cut. They can't yeah. feel. They're cutting so they can feel something. This is a subconscious cry out. For, and I mean, I'm no expert. Now, my background is in sociology, but you know, I did take some time in psych class. 
because I understand just that human beings don't just move on food alone. You know, it's not by bread alone. So you have to, there's more to it. There's a subconscious factor. And I always look at where a person is before I react, because I know that my reaction, if I appropriate it long enough, can establish a level of maturity if I can do that consistently and allow it to appropriate properly. So, you know, I, I really get into that a lot, especially when it comes to food and why we do food. And just to get back to the food part mm-hmm. of it is because just like in church, if someone were to come to church hungry, you have to feed them first. Mm-hmm. Well, again, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about your products and then yes. listen to some more music. So you're listening to uh, Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. And we have in studio with us Pee Wee Dread. <laughs> Somebody tell them New Orleans don't cry New Orleans don't cry studio with us is Pee Wee Dread, um, mm-hmm. reggae artist of the year in Minnesota several times. Yeah, and that's, and that's a, that's a beautiful song. And then you have a deep personal story with New, New yeah, Orleans. You know, my father died in Katrina. And so I, I did the song, one, because I knew the people that were still here needed to be inspired that, yeah, you know, we feel your pain. We feel the pain. Uh, because just being in New Orleans after Katrina was just a hard experience. Uh, you know, like, uh, just ugly. But we have to transmute the ugly into the beautiful, 
regardless of where it came from, you know, because not everything, you know, we got to make that lemonade. I prefer lemon meringue or <laughs> icebox pie. You know, I'm from the South. So, you know, uh, and that's what the song was about. You know, that's why I made it a beautiful song, even though it's a hard song, because sometimes you got to add a little sugar with the medicine so it can go down easy. Well, and with climate change happening and so many problems bearing down mm. on us right now, I, I absolutely loved what you said there is that we have to um, be aware of all this pain. Mm -hmm but also um, create a better story. Right, exactly. In real life. And so one of the things you're doing is creating a business, a food business. And right now we're drinking your CBD um, tea. Yes. So talk about your products and your business. Well, you know, we started this uh, company back in 2018 officially. Uh, you know, the idea has been on my mind for since I was a kid. So we have a hot sauce, barbecue sauce, CBD a hemp company where we offer all types of products. We have coffee, we have tea, we have honey crystals, we have uh, body butters and insect repellents and pain sticks. And I've got one of my beautiful cousins featured who's a chef in New Orleans, P. Pierre Brown, on our Bayou Classic version to help support one HBCUs, but also bring awareness to young black entrepreneurs, or she's a little bit, uh, she'll appreciate that. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, you know, that are also, you know, establishing products across the country to create these uh, balances between business community. Uh, we started Rasa Tees to really um, open up a door for people that are being shut out of industry. Uh, we create, I have a free program, which is a, it's a basically it's a felony reintegration employment in, in um education programming and what we want to do is offer a way for people to reintegrate back in society when other people are telling them no you know what we say yes because the universe always says yes it doesn't say no you tell yourself no and then you create no and then no becomes your experience uh, you know and that that yes what popped in my brain was uh, john lennon and yoko yono <laughs> when they met mm -hmm. uh it was at uh, uh yoko ono's um art exhibit and so you had to do something to crawl through these things and you had to look and and the word yes was in these little letters and john lennon talks about you know if it was that's what you know it, it was actually what really turned me on is that right. the crawling through that actually saying that yes. little yes exactly you know exactly and i think you know we you know, when I see somebody on the corner and they have a sign and you want to give them a few dollars and you know that's just going to leave them right there. So what we did, uh, you know, we still do that, but I wanted to make something a little more empirically set so that we can do something, to, you know, so that it can be more uh, more static so people get something consistently. So we work with Feeding America, Union Gospel, Twin Cities, uh, their mission to help feed and house people, you know, and help them with mental health and things like that. I'm also on the board for Open Cities Health Clinic uh, because we want to make sure and maintain health, uh, you know, uh, opportunities in the community where it's needed the most because a lot of the bad outcomes are coming out in communities where there's food deserts. You know, they have more fast food liquor stores and churches, but you don't have enough places for people to acquire food the House of Refuge uh, outreach out on 520 Atwater, great place. I love those folks. They give out a lot of food every month, a monthly, weekly. I forget what their uh, frequency is, but please check them out. Uh, Pastor Sharon Ross, uh, big ups, because she's doing a bang-up job over there. And I definitely, you know, in uh, Project Sweetie Pie, obviously he was here, uh, Mike Cheney. Mm -hmm. You know, people that have been stalwarts in the movement for food equality, Britt Howell, you know, uh, 
BritFit50. She's worked with me to do to help get my food products out. And my cousin Leisha down in New Orleans, who during the pandemic were feeding children every other day and making sure and still feeding kids and making sure they had meals, you know, healthy meals. And just and that's what inspired me to do my Million Meal March. And so my products are all connected into that mission. So everything that we sell, anything that you buy from me, know that somebody's getting meals in the community. Right now we're up to 18,000 meals in our Million Meal March, and we're moving on to a million and beyond because our goal, no matter what, is to create access for food for everybody no matter how they access food. And um, so, yeah, we met at the Green uh, the Green Dawn event yes. um, with Michael Cheney, and I did I did buy one of your sauces and loved it. And so all I did is put the sauce on eggs, and now I'm like, i got to have eggs. I'm getting my eggs from my neighbor who has her own oh, chicken. Yes, so, yes. I mean, it's like, you know, it's simple, and it's just – but it um, – uh, there's something about my body that's craving that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a taste. And that taste I grew up with, uh, uh-huh. just being in, running up and down Canal Street. I used to work in a barbershop, believe it or not. But uh, I was, uh, and that was the best time, one of the most fun times of my life. I got to eat everything I wanted. I was up and down Canal Street and French Quarter and, oh, my goodness. So, you know, I have a really uh, affinity for food. I don't really like to go out to eat because most places don't serve food the way I like to eat it. I like it well seasoned or just just mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I've learned to adjust. I bring my hot sauce everywhere. <laughs> no problem. I, so, how did you start doing a hot sauce? And I mean, I should well, let people know they can go on your website. And yeah, I, they can go on my website, rastateesinc.com and uh, you can find all my products there. Uh, you know, we're adding more products all the time. We're going to add the teas to the, uh, to the website because uh, those labels just got finished. Hot off the press. And uh, because what I what I wanted to do was uh, be able to, with the hot sauce, I mean, I'm a traveling musician. So for many, many years, you know, they forced me to eat in places that I choose, you know, kind of, you know, diner types, you know, the Perkins types. Sorry, Perkins, but I take one for the team. You're not, you know, not cuisine that I want to really eat every day. And it's just that when you're on the road, you don't really have a lot of options. Right. So, you know, I eat a lot of sardines. <laughs> So sardine companies, if you need a sponsor, because <laughs> uh, I do. I when I'm on the road, and I I really hate to do it to them, because once you crack a can of sardines, you got to go by yourself. You get you got to go into the sardine tent, you know. That's the, so I have a red tent joke, but sorry guys. Um, but you know that's. Uh, but you, I understood that. Hey, if I have what I want, I can have my taste wherever I go. And so a lot of people, you know, Beyonce made it famous. You know, talking about the hot sauce in her purse. Well, we make per size bottles and we have all that available so you let us know we get you personal orders we're going to be working with uh, Big River Pizza I'm going to supply them some stuff we just had a, a, a kind of preliminary talks of getting some hot sauce down there and they'll use it and uh, when they're ready for it so hopefully this spring we'll be picking some things up well, and I know there's um, nationally there's some um, great research um, Gary Callahan out of Prosperity Now and one of the best ways to um, a stop with this economic imbalance we have is to help people start their own businesses, support right. uh, BIPOC entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, Target is doing some stuff, some other places that have some of, you know, some programming that they have set aside, if you will, which kind of get a bad name. But it's necessary to encourage the investment into communities that we want to see prosperous. If we don't make the investment, then we're not really looking for an outcome. It's just talk because you're not at the table, so then you're on the menu. 
Yeah. And so, um, what, uh, again, give us a flavor of all the different types of uh, products you have and when you started them and how the business is growing. So the tea I have today, I brought my berry hibiscus tea, and it is 40 milligrams per sachet. Of hemp, of CBD? Yeah, CBD and tea. And so um, the tea bags are about 2.5 grams per bag, and you can use them three times easy and still have maximum power from them. So after three times, I can't guarantee it. But we also have a CBD uh, honey crystal sugar that is 40 milligrams a teaspoon. So if it bag starts to run out, you don't want to change it because I'm kind of a all day use my same tea bag. I, I love oolong, so I have a one hit wonder oolong coming out. So that's uh, ooh, I'm so excited. But use the tea as much as you like. The second item I have here is a 25 milligram delta eight hemp extract pain stick which has lavender and peppermint, which is very, very effective for those uh, immediate out, outer pain, shoulder pain. I have a, you know, I have hydrocephalus, so I have a few pains and migraines, good on the temples. I have body butter that we also use, uh, it's 10 milligrams per gram, so it's excellent. Dab it on the uh, spots, and it's, it's, it's awesome, and you get a very nice restful sleep. We also have uh, dog treats. Mm. I have some flavors of dog treats coming out. This is my peanut butter banana. We have a, a banana chicken and a banana salmon. So we have a few different flavors that and are— And that has the CBDs yes. for the older dogs that yeah. have the arthritis Arthritis, uh, hip dysplasia. I had a few dogs that I had problems, you know. So, you know, it's recommended to, you know, at least try and see if it helps your dog. Because, like, I don't make any claims, you know, nothing to treat or— <laughs> right, you know, right, right, right. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not trying to treat or, you know, cure anything. No, everyone's but, individual. People have different interactions to Exactly. It. Everybody's going to be different. But my animals, unfortunately, my puppy passed away after 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, big up to my son, Darren. Um, he, um, so, but they worked on hip pain. You know, they work on when I see, you know, they just act different. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of notice I had a friend in New Orleans that got some, and he was like, oh, my dog never played that much in a while. I'm like, great, take some more, take some more. Because if it works for you, I want you to have it. So we have some great promo codes for people that are interested if they, you know, if they say they look at the prices because it is expensive. I won't, you know, hide anything from that. But we have promo codes. You know, we're not AstraZeneca, but we will help you uh, get what you need, And especially if it works for you. If you find that something, one of my products works, Please use it. All my products are what I consider overproof. So they're 40 milligrams and up. We don't do anything under 40 milligrams. To me, that's a joke because I have the type of pain that a 10 milligram, you know, gas station CBD thing is okay. But it's just not the same. It just doesn't work the same. But we have hot sauce also. Uh, So the Bayou Classic hot sauce is my uh, answer to Frank's type of hot sauce. And, you know, it's a quick viscosity, nice dash. Great flavor, great heat content, and I have all different versions. That's the hot one, so that one's for you. Mm. So that's my uh, scorpion pepper, uh, Bayou Classic version. So I have a scorpion pepper, a Reaper you so Carolina oh. Reaper. Uh, so Reaper you so We're gonna we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna be back, yes. and we're gonna share a little bit more music and talk more. We're listening. We're talking right now with Pee Wee Dread, and you can get information about his business business at RastaTees.com. So that's Rasta. Oh, go to Rasta Tees Inc. Rasa Tees Inc. Okay, Rasa Tees Inc. R-A-S-T-A-T's Inc. Dot mm-hmm. com, you bet. Yeah, it's on the back, the uh, ah, other one. Yeah. Updated. Yeah, we have two websites. So I have one that's just strictly hot sauce, and the other has hot sauce and everything else, all the superfoods. Great, the superfoods. Yeah. We'll be back. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio. 
Listen for the holes in short supply. No shoes, no shirt, no service. Walk in the door, make the cash in nervous. May I use your bathroom, please? What did I do to make you feel me? It wasn't I and not to put you in slavery. Put you in no chains. Take away your name. You are the one to blame. Radio. I'm listening to uh, Piri Dread in studio right now. Um, um, so, um, a reggae singer um, and a food entrepreneur. What's the connection between um, music and food? Well, you know, we know that uh, music comes from the muse, which is all subconscious, and it's wow. all about motivation. And food sates the soul. So it's all about being able to sate yourself. So music and food and festival go together, that feast of El, if you will. So when you put that all together, people come together in order to get food. They love festivals. They want to come and feast. And so when we really inspire and kind of connect into that uh, concept, it allows us to come together and kind of dissipate all those other barriers and bonders because we're all connected. We're all part of the same interconnected network, the inner fabric, if you will. There's one infinite, intelligent, invisible energy that created me, you, and everything that we see through and through. And we're an inlet and an outlet of all that's ever been created. So if we really understand that and tap back into it, we can stop fighting, if you will, and allow it to just flow. Because when you're in the flow, that's when you know. That's when you're right. It's when you're fighting the flow because you want something else that's subconscious. Your rudder's off. You need to adjust your frequency because the frequency that you're on, you're not attaining because you're unable to get to that height, if you will, because you have too many sandbags, too many wants, too many things that are holding you back, holding you down in your subconscious. So, again, it's all about understanding it from a different perspective, but it takes time to really sit down and really kind of ruminate over those things and to then go back to rumination. The M-I-N is all about the mind, but the mind is also the hands. Because in Spanish, hands are manos. Mm. So manos is a cognitive mind, M-N-M-N. So then you have change that comes from the hands because the hands can amend things. <laughs> Ooh, that's, um, that's, that's a lot to take in. And I, 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 um, I want to, we have about three minutes left. And this song you had on War, uh, War of the Poor, No Love to Be Found. Yes. And at the event that we were at, uh, the Green Dawn, someone said, can we live with love in our subconscious? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're, that, that's, yeah. that's the rift, but right? We, well, we want people to, to alleviate that, that inclination to go to the negative first. You know, when they see someone that's homeless and to assume that it was something negative that caused the situation because that's irrelevant if you're dealing with them in the place that they are right now. Mm-hmm. So God loves a cheerful giver. 
So why be resistant? If you don't want to help them or unable to, then just let it go and keep going. Mm -hmm. It's not your time. That's not on your path. And that's mm -hmm. okay. Rather than decide that, you know what, I'm going to just fight the whole feeling and then curse the person out because I don't know how to appropriate my feelings. And that's where it comes to feeling appropriation, that cortical expression. When the limbic system responds and sends a suggestion through the emotions and all those systems light up, and then now the amygdala and the mandula of Angada have to respond, either react or you appropriate the reaction, which is maturity, the time between reaction and appropriation. So it's just a matter of, of time and how people practice, and this is why religion is a practice. People practice keeping their mind in the same way so that they can utilize that when they need it. Because what you repeat, you come out, this is why your mom said, don't hold your face like that, because it's not that it's going to stick, but that becomes a pattern. What you repeat, you will redo, and so eventually sometime when you're out in church or out at a, you know, a school portrait, you're like, oh, I want to my face and so now mom's mad my son had a thing where he would always make a weird face for his uh, pictures and I'm like what is this and he's like just how I smile and I'm like okay fine so you know it's, it's acceptance and once you learn to accept the things that you cannot change change the thing that you can encourage and wisdom to know the difference that is what it's all about it's a serenity prayer I looked at this prayer for 20 years on the side of my wall in my house as a child at least 15 years. And so, you know, it's just that understanding that I can't, I don't have to worry about changing things. I can just be who I am, allow that subconscious information to impress upon my expression. So what I impress, I will see on the screen of space, if you will. It'll actually come to, because if I worry about police, I'm gonna see police. If I worry about racism, I'm gonna see more racism. If I'm worried about poverty, I'm gonna see more poverty. But I can actually work to alleviate the poverty in front of me on my path. I'm not designed to, to take care of everything, but I am designed to take care of whatever's on my path, and that's what I'm responsible for. And that's how I look at it. Because if I try to go outside of that, I'm going to fall down. It's not going to be on the right path. It's not going to be on a straight path, if you will. Um, right. And so uh, like, some people believe that we actually create the world with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for a lot of bad, you're going to see bad. Right. If I look for a lot of good, I'm going to see good. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's also being present to the pain mm -hmm. and, and not, not, not just painting over it in a short right. little story, but right. how to make it come alive. Well, um, Pee Wee Dread, um, uh, so people can get more information. What's your website again? Yes. Visit me at Rastatees, Inc. That's R-A-S-T-A-T-E-A-S-E-I-N-C. Com. And visit us at DreadIDread.com if you want to check out one of the best reggae bands Minnesota has ever been graced and blessed with. And we thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah, and then people can also listen to it. We really encourage yes. people to listen to Bandcamp. Yes, and go to my Bandcamp, Pee Wee Dread, and check out all the songs that you heard today. And, uh, you know, pick some up because every song that you buy will produce meals. And actually, I have a meal ticket um, add on there so you can uh, purchase a meal for the community if you so choose which would be a blessing beyond you know basically beyond measure god bless take care thank you for listening to food freedom radio no shoes no shirt no shirt